We're David and Nicola McCarthy, and you're listening to Soulful Conversations, the podcast for anyone wanting to live a heart-centered life full of health, peace, and happiness. From all things healing, spiritual, magical, and the secret power of food, everything is energy. It's an exciting time to be alive. Are you ready to explore and embrace the unseen with us? So make yourself comfortable and get ready for some thought-provoking chat. This is Soulful Conversations, and we're thrilled that you're here sharing your time with us. I am so happy to have here today friend and fellow psychic medium, healer, life coach and spiritual teacher, Larry Davids. Larry and I have known each other for a few years now and love swapping stories, otherworldly stories. Larry has, um, he began his career in quite a different field as a musician, a composer, actor, and I'm delighted to welcome him here today to share some of his stories, wisdom and knowledge with you. Welcome, Larry. It's so good to see you. I can't believe like you're here and uh, going to be sharing some of your amazing insights and stories um, with our listeners today. Well, thank you for having me, Nicola. I'm honored to be here. And thank you for listeners for taking the time out to listen to this wonderful podcast. Thank you so much. Wow. Um, we've got so much to cover here, haven't we? I mean, you know, you, we do very similar work and um, we always have so much to talk about. Um, you've got an amazing, um, well, amazing stories to share with, um, with our listeners. Where did it all begin? Well, going back to many moons ago when I was a young child, I always was aware of spirit because I used to play by myself in, in with my toys. And I, I always sensed like spirit energy. I didn't know what it was in those days. I just felt like children around me. And uh, so I never had a need to play with other children like other children. And I just felt comfortable being by myself. And these so-called, even though I couldn't see them, I could sense them in those days. And then by the time I became a teenager, I would see leprechauns in the daytime and at nighttime. So for example, in the daytime, I could be in the garden on a sunny day, just playing my guitar, practicing. And I see three leprechauns walk, run right by me. And then I go, oh, there they are again. And that then at night. Yeah. Amazing. Like, I love, I, I love this leprechaun story. It's just, it's just incredible. I mean, what did they, how big were they? Well, they look like midgets, if we're allowed to say that word these days. I don't know, but they weren't very tall and they were a bit chubby. And they were dressed like they were always white, misty people. They weren't like green, like you see in cartoons. They were white, misty, always running in a rush. And for example, at night, my sister would be in bed. She'd go to bed around 7 p.m. And I'd go to bed around 9, 10 p.m. I'd see one or two of them running through her closed bedroom door. So I'd go through the door going, I'll catch this one. Because, you know, I was always trying to catch them when I could. And so I go in there. And then my mom starts yelling at me what are you doing waking up your sister, blah, blah, blah. And I said, well, there's a little white misty thing that went, don't be so stupid, blah, blah, blah. So unfortunately, there was nobody I could talk to in those days saying, have you ever seen these kind of white misty people, you know, running around? And uh, everyone said, you're mad, you're this, you're that. So, and what's bizarre, even in my 20s, I would see things all the time. I used to see auras, like, you know, with my objective seeing, when you see it with your physical eyes, I'd stare at people, wow, look at that green. And, you know, when you see colors like that objectively, 
it always takes you by surprise because, for example, when we see a rainbow, oh, people always like take it in by the rainbow. Look at that rainbow. Like they've never seen it. Yeah. And that's what it like every time I'd stare at people, wow, look at that green. Well, look at the intensity, you know, and I just would, of course, I'd get in trouble. People would say, what are you staring at? <laughs> Amazing. Like that's just incredible. Why do you think, why do you think the leprechauns came? Were they just like, were they there to to play, to watch you, to guide you? Or did they have like a fun spirit? Like a... Well, I think one is because I, um, my upbringing was rather challenging and difficult. But two, I think because I was so into music, you know, music is sound, vibration, it uplifts you, it feeds the soul. And also, because maybe without me realizing it in those days, I was already very sensitive to energy, which I didn't really know, I just was aware of it. So I think maybe there was a confirmation for me to realize I was in tune with the elemental kingdom without knowing about it. And that maybe it was my job or wake up, as it were, to really investigate this a lot further. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's just it's just amazing. I love I just love that story so much. So when did they did they just disappear, stop coming? Yeah, I guess because I didn't really do anything with it, like seeing auras. You know, when you see things and you take it for granted, you don't really care. You just oh well, because I was more focused on my music, even though by the age of 14 I started reading books about mediums and I started studying spiritual healing um, and reading any books I could get in those days by what's called the masters now, you know, like Enna Twig. Um, I forget them all right now, but they're all long gone. Arthur Ledbetter, I think his name was. Um, Anne Rice, I think. I forget all their names. But anyway, I'd read these books. And of course, in those days, mediumship was so different to what it is today. People would either have experiences with ectoplasm or just sound like they were really connecting on a very deep level compared to the way mediumship seems to be going these days. And um, so I was always reading any spiritual book I could. And that was thanks to my mom because she'd come home from the library with books. And I used to think, gosh, this looks interesting. She never told me to read them. And I don't know why it was this intuitive. It was like a magnet. I was being pulled to the books she used to read on spiritual Amazing. stuff. Amazing. And, uh, it's as if maybe it was like uh, uh, something inside me that was trying to bring my attention to you really, even though you're focused on music, you really have to learn to unfold. Yeah. And you're always getting that kind of that, like that inner voice really trying to um, push you to notice things and to follow things. And um, this has happened to me recently with, with channeling. You know, I used to be like such a dedicated channeler. You know, I'd be like, it would be my my love, you know? And then you get so busy, you kind of like, you don't do it for a bit. And then you get this real, you know, <clears throat> I'm sure that the, the listeners will, you know, be interested in this because it's kind of like, that's how you start. You know, I think, you know, so many people think, you know, you're born psychic, you're born a medium, but actually, it's a process, you know, and if it's something that's even just an interest in you, you know, that that is really where you begin. You know, it's like you're saying, you know, your mum obviously, obviously noticed in you your sensitivity and that you were able to, that's why she was like giving you these books. And yeah, it's just, um, you know, but a lot of us don't have that, you know, we don't have people around us that well you know encourage us it's kind of like looked upon as being a bit odd a bit strange and i mean going back years and years ago when you're talking about 
well, maybe you can explain what ectoplasm is, because I mean, even that as a word now is not really used. I mean, um, you know, those mediums were incredible. Um, you know, why do you think that's changed so much? Well, as other well-known mediumship teachers have said, is because the times are changing, as Bob Dylan would say. So I guess the need for the way we present information from the other side has changed and maybe communication models need to change. For example, these days, we don't have telegrams anymore. We have technology, we have email. So, you know, you could have a person in the eighties who are not familiar with technology saying, why do we need these computers? Why do you need this so-called mobile phone where they're so conditioned to communicating a different way? And of course, as you know, we had World War One and Two, So there was a great need for mediumship in those days because so many Parents were losing their young children yeah. to the war. Yeah. And yeah. so much unnecessary death happening. So, of course, there was a great need. So, maybe you could say that World War One and Two must have acted as a catalyst for mediumship to come more and more to the surface. Yeah. 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 And there were some amazing mediums back then. Um, you know, incredible books. And, you know, I read those books and I'm just in awe of, you know, the way that they worked and, the information that they received, I mean, was quite incredible, you know, but you're right. It's, it's, we, we, we adapt and we change with the times, don't we? And, um, and, and so our work does, you know, um, you know, even when we met a lot, it was a lot more, you know, presenting the information and going to spiritualist churches, which I know you've worked a lot in the spiritualist churches and was always trying to get me along to um, join you. <laughs> and I haven't yet. <laughs> um, <You're awake>. yep. <laughs> but you know, you did a lot of work there, didn't you? Yeah, it all started for me in 2013. I never wanted to be what's called a demonstrating medium. I just wanted to be a one to one medium. And in 2013, the churches started ringing me up and I was so scared. I go, oh, how the heck did they get my number? I, I don't want to go on platform. That was the last thing I wanted to do because I had a lot of fear with that. So after about two weeks, I decided I must really learn to overcome this fear. So I started asking other mediums if they'd like to dem with me. Nearly all of them said, no, no. And I'm thinking, but you're all studying mediumship with all these renowned teachers. And now here's an opportunity. And they all chickened out. So finally, I found a couple of people who said, okay. And of course, they're saying, you go first, because nobody wanted to go first, because both <laughs> of us are right. And of course, because I wasn't properly trained to do what's called a church service, I was only studying mediumship. Nobody had prepared me for doing what's called the address, opening prayer, closing prayer, uh, dealing with politics of the churches, a chairperson who doesn't care, who might fall asleep, et cetera, et cetera. I just thought church. You know, <laughs> You're painting such a beautiful picture. <laughs> Well, I can give you lots of what's called juicy stories about my Deming experiences, that's for sure. So, of course, luckily, I'd been to churches watching other mediums work. So luckily, I had a rough idea what I was supposed to do. But it's different when, as you know, you're, you're kind of thrown in the deep end. And then the chairperson says, OK, you do the opening prayer. I want you to do an address. And OK, blah, blah, blah. So the way I overcame my fear was working with the fear by inviting any medium I could. And as I say, I only found two at the time. And of course, I could feel their nervous energy on me on platform. And that wasn't helping my nerves because there I am nervous and I'm feeling their plug nervous. into their, their energy. <laughs> Being so sensitive, you feel everybody around you, don't you? Yeah. yeah. 
And so I would give two links and then they'd give two links. So that's the way I kind of learned to build my stamina. So I did that for a year or two. And one year, a medium let me down on the day of the dem. She says, oh, I'm going to go to a, a party instead. So just do the dem by yourself. And I was so scared. I got to the church and it was the first time I was standing on platform by myself. And then I did it. And then I thought, God, it wasn't as scary as I thought it would be. So I feel like at that time, that must have been the spirit world pushing me out of my comfort zone to make me realize you don't need these other people anymore. You have to start doing it yeah. by yourself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But to this day, I still like to invite other mediums as yourself to work with me because I find it really boring for a 90 minute church service. And you just see one person. And I think for the public, it's more interesting. Oh, who's that other person up there who's going to. And as you know, as mediums, it's like music. We might learn the same foundational language, but we all end up working slightly differently to each other. Our personality is different. Our blueprint's different, et cetera, et cetera. Oh, well, maybe maybe we'll have a little chat after the podcast and um, you might be able to twist my arm. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. So so going back to um, to your mom. So your mom. So your mom used to bring you books and give you books to read on spiritual matters. That's amazing. So was she was she a spiritualist herself, medium herself? Yeah, she was a natural medium, but she used to say to me, oh, I'll let you do all the work because she used to see my father walk through the TV set in the front room when he passed away, go through the walls into the bedroom. And once when she was on a meditation uh, retreat uh, for transcendental meditation, she was there for a week and she was in bed. It was the daytime, just resting. And she saw her grandmother and grandfather as clear as life. And of course, when you see that unexpectedly, of course, you're going to be taken aback. And because it was so real and vivid to the day she passed away, she would always talk about that. Like they were real. Well, they were real people. They came to her and they said, oh, today's fashion is not what it used to be. And they were critiquing her clothes. And, and then I said, well, how long did that last for? She says, I don't know. It felt like a long time, but it couldn't have been more than maybe three minutes, she said. Because, you know, when spirit makes an appearance, it might feel like a long time from our physical three-dimensional living, but from a spiritual perspective, it's so different to our earthly time. That's it. I mean, wow, that, for a start, that's amazing. Like, what? how incredible to actually see them. I mean, you know, the way that we receive information is... Um, is quite is quite different from the way that we see things as you say in the 3d world you know it's um it, it's it's faster it's higher vibrational it's very 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 quick information that in a sense um well when i started reading i couldn't keep up my voice almost couldn't keep up with what i was experiencing um and you know it, it's not often that we see things or spirit actually form like a physical person but we see them in our mind's eye almost like i i explain it as almost like a, a dream like you would see things in a dream in your in you know in your third eye uh, how do you how do you receive information from the spirit world do you because there's different ways isn't there we can see hear feel sense Right. Yeah. Well, as I say, as a child, when I used to see leprechauns, that's called objective seeing because I could clearly see it with my physical eyes. Yeah. And then when I started seeing spirit, I'm not one of those mediums like you read in books. Oh, yeah, I saw a spirit from the age of three sitting at the uh, my bed or I never had any experience like that. And um, so as I got into my 20s and I started studying uh, mediumship any way I could through books, workshops, whatever I could find, because in the earlier days, 
you know, mediumship wasn't advertised like it is today, as you know, where, oh, join this mentorship program or join this church circle. It was like kind of top secret in those days. It was like you had to know someone who was in a circle. And um, then I started seeing circle just so people can understand what a circle is. Yeah. From my understanding, what a circle is, it's normally led by an experienced person or a mediumship teacher. And there's what's called a closed circle, meaning you have to be invited. So the same people show up every week, say on a Monday at 7 p.m., every Monday evening for an hour. And an open circle, it means it's open to the public. So anyone can show up uh, once a week to try it out if they like it, et cetera, et cetera. And it's all about, from what I understand, building your energies up and experienced people will like maybe give different things for us to try. And then also, from my understanding, it's about us getting together and sitting in the power, which is building up your energy. I don't really like that word power because it gives different connotations. I prefer the word energy. What are we? We're all energy. Everything's energy in life. Spirit's yeah. energy. We're energy. So I don't know why people don't say it's about building up your energy. So as you raise your vibration frequency, you're able to receive more, as you say, from the higher dimensions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's a bit like channeling. What is channeling? Where you're allowing yourself to be open to receive those higher impressions. Yeah. And, you know, yeah. as you know, any form of meditation is really good because it allows us to develop and work on our sensitivities. And the word you used earlier, the pineal gland, which produces melatonin and a chemical called DMT, which is what acid does, meaning you have these spiritual experiences. So all these things kind of work hand in hand. And that's why the ancient seers and teachers were amazing. They knew the importance of why do we do meditation? yoga tai chi chi kung because we're a physical body with an energy body the two live together work together so why not allow ourselves to unfold the spiritual body in consolidation with our physical body so our lives can somehow be easier and smoother to navigate through yeah 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 so so have you got any um any spiritual experiences that you um um any messages maybe that you've received that were like out of the ordinary or you know because when we give messages to people um we were just having a little chat weren't we before and um you know you often don't remember i, I really don't remember hardly anything that i've given people and you'll see them you know maybe every year or something for a for a reading and they'll you know refer to what you told them you know the previous year and I just don't remember anything, but there's certain things that were like so like either incredible or shocking or, you know, unusual that really, really stick out and um, they kind of stay in your heart, you know, you really remember those ones. Um, and um, I mean, it's obviously, you know, you, you want to keep people, um, you know, that they're, they're their private stuff you know private but i didn't know if you've got any any juicy any any juice to share with us <laughs> uh one of the things i predicted when boris johnson became prime minister i gave him two years and everyone said you're mad he's not going to abdicate or whatever and then i think it was roughly two years later he started having all these problems as a prime minister and then look at him now so people said when that happened they started emailing me gosh what you predicted two years ago uh, regarding his career starting to come true uh, but one of the funniest things I had was once I was like, I used to go to these, um, they used to have before COVID people in their, in their, in their homes would invite a medium and then they would invite their friends. And it was like Deming, but that, you know, it wasn't a church it was in someone's front room. And I remember there was 10 people in this front room and I was doing my mediumship. And I went to this woman, I said, Oh, I have your father here. 
And she says, it's impossible. He's dead. And everyone burst out laughing because she'd never seen the medium and she didn't understand. And I didn't know because in those days, I, I, I should have said, has anyone here not seen the medium or not know what the medium is? I just yeah, yeah, yeah. prepare them. Yeah. yeah. The woman had invited me to do a dem. And um, so I did that. And she kept saying, no, no, you, you got it wrong. So I, I gave her all this evidence about a father. And after the, the link, she says, you know, I don't know how you did that. Everything you said made perfect sense, but he's dead. She couldn't get over it that he was communicating from the spirit world. So that was kind of funny. That's and another funny uh, story I have, once I was in the spiritual church uh, about four years ago, and I'm deming away, and I hear a loud sound. And I look at the back of the church, someone fell backwards on their chair. So I said to the chairperson, oh, I think we have an incident there. He just said, oh, don't worry about it. He's there every week. He's just an alcoholic. Don't worry about it. And I thought, oh, what a weird church. Then the chairperson fell asleep. And it was just like a scene from a Peter Sellers movie. It was like one incident after another in that church. People on their phones having a chit chat. And I thought, oh, my gosh, what a strange place to be holding. You know, and this is a spiritual church. And it was one of those things I'd heard about from other mediums, not about that church, but how sometimes when you them in a spiritual church, you never know what you might get. And I thought, oh, my gosh. All my fears came true. I never expected someone in a faint in the church, the chairperson to fall asleep, actually snore on the platform. People actually pulling a phone out, having conversations during my, my deming, my address. So how do you deal with that? You, you see, you have to be so prepared, don't you? I remember this happened to me when um, completely different. But when I was in America and I was teaching um, a, a macrobiotic conference and it was like it's a really, you know, big audience. They had film, you know, they were they were filming me and um, oh, my God, there was a storm going. The lights went out, the the um, the the actual light that they had shining on me fell down, smashed all over the floor. Um, I don't know, some of the ingredients fell over. It was just like, you just can't believe it. it's almost like, yeah, again, it's energy, isn't it? It's like, you know, one thing, it's almost like it builds and it just builds and builds. You almost want to like clear that as it's the after the first thing, just like pull yourself back, like center yourself ground, like, yeah and and clear that energy um yeah it's it's just um it's fascinating but like you say you, you know it's like working with animals and children <laughs> you just got to be ready and prepared haven't you oh my goodness and you, you've worked on some um you know some big big stages too you know the um you know not not just churches which is is wonderful because you know reach a lot of people but um You've you've worked with I'm I'm sure some people will know um, James Van Prague and Tony Stockwell, um, Gordon Smith. You've you've worked with all of them on big you know big, big stages. Um, how was that? Well, you're right. I remember being on platform at an institution in London, a well-known college, and I was sitting next to him, and I thought, gosh, I felt like I was on a train. His energy started. I could really feel his energy, his vibration increasing. His well, eyes. Look Gordon Smith or oh, Gordon Smith? Gordon That's Smith. right. Sorry. And you know, as a as a medium, I was trying to see if I could find any secrets about him. How, how what you know? How, how's he preparing himself? What's he doing? And obviously, he's so used to being a medium and so comfortable being on platform. Yeah, I could feel his energy building up. And you know, he's working in the crowd and blah blah blah. And then it was my turn. And in my head, I think, oh my gosh, how the heck am I going to follow that? Anyway, he sits on a chair, says, okay, just relax and go for it. So I did. 
And luckily, I would say luckily, all my links worked out really good, like lots of beautiful evidential mediumship. So at the end of the evening, I said to him, oh, you know, he compliments me and he says to the audience, well, there you go. There's proof of a working medium. That's how mediumship should be done. So he gave me a little compliment on platform, which was embarrassing, you know. And then at the end, as we're going home, I said to him, gosh, Gordon, you're you're amazing, blah, blah, blah. How how did you do that? You know, have you got any advice for me? Hot tips. He says, oh, no, just keep doing what you're doing. Uh, And I said, what do you mean? It's the only way you're going to learn. You have to keep deming. When you actually work or something, he said, you don't realize it. You put yourself in the hot seat. Your skill set starts developing naturally. He says, that's the best way to learn. And he also said, never forget about sitting in the power. He says, I still sit in the power when I can. And um, that's what he said. And I went home so disappointed because I thought he'd have this mind-blowing information. Have really, yes, yeah, have the secret. There is no secret, though, is there? It's all yeah. within us. It's That's all right. within us. And, you know, and, you know, for those of you that are listening, it's within you, you know, it really is. And you can, um, you know, if you're, even if you're listening to this, you know, there's a reason, you know, you kind of like, um, especially if you're interested in what we're talking about, <laughs> you know, it's kind of, um, it's something that can be developed at, at any age, it's not, you know, um, a child or, you know, I, I mean, I didn't start my mediumship until I was in my 30s. You know, my kids had just started school and things in the house had just started to quieten down, you know, and I had some time to myself. And that's it, isn't it? It's like when you're when you're in that peaceful, quiet state and it's all about asking, you know, and asking for um some help you know i mean our guides are there and well you you've had some incredible experiences with guides um do you want to share that the story sure in uh, 2006 when i was a music lecturer at university i used to teach part-time which gave me time to do my spiritual work part-time when i was uh, no longer a full-time musician playing everywhere um a piano fell on me and i had an outer body of experience which i didn't know because I saw myself lying on the ground and the fireman finally came because the university is in a mountain. So the, 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 the um, fireman got lost. So that's a bit of a joke in itself. Anyway, they had these huge scissors. They're ripping up my trousers. And I said to them, you know, I charge extra for that. Nobody's laughing at my joke. So I'm looking around and go, that's funny. Nobody can hear me. And that's when I realized I was actually floating outside my body, observing everything. Because when you're first outside your body, from my personal experience, you don't really realize it. You just see yourself and you don't think, oh, I'm actually not in my physical body. You just see, oh, look at that. <laughs> Everything seems like interesting and you feel different. Energetically, you feel different. You feel so free and flowing, not like you do in the physical body. And I was thinking, gosh, maybe I'm dead. Where's all these angels? Where's this tunnel of white light I'm supposed to see? I was in like in, a, in, in blackness, darkness. I thought, this is weird. I wasn't scared, but I was just thinking, this is weird. And then I started hearing this voice, this loud man's voice saying, you must go back. You're not supposed to be here, blah, blah, blah. And I'm thinking, no, no, but I like it here. It feels much different than being over there. And you have no care anymore about your physical body, about your physical life. Well, for me anyway, it just felt like, oh, well, I'd rather stay here. So no pain. There was no pain, no no suffering. You're just in this blissful state. Yeah. And, And you could see the experience that was going on unfolding. Yeah. 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 And, and even though you see it, 
I, I didn't feel anything like, oh my gosh, what the heck happened? You just feel a sense of relief, basically, that you're no longer in this physical form. And as soon as the fireman put this oxygen mask on me, that's it. I was sucked back into the body. And as soon as I, I woke up, as it were, oh my gosh, I could feel all that pain. And then I was thinking, gosh, where was I? A second ago, I was feeling amazing. Now I'm back in this body. So that was an interesting experience. But then I realized I had to have energy work on me to get rid of this trauma in my energy body and physical body. So as I was trying to recuperate at home, because I couldn't teach anymore, I had to take time off. I Google energy healers. And because I was already a Reiki practitioner and a sound healer, I already had what's called the, the, you know, the table, the massage table. She came around and she did something called the reconnective something. I forget the actual name of the modality, but it was reconnective something. And she did it. And as she's doing it, for me, it was mind blowing. I started having this vision of this man and he looked so real, like he was like Jesus. And, you know, I find it hard when people say, I saw Jesus, because myself, I think, yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, of yeah. So I'm seeing this man and he's speaking and I'm looking at his face. His mouth is not actually moving. And I'm thinking, how am I able to hear all this information? And obviously he was communicating telepathically and he's giving me all this information like, oh, don't worry, you're not going to die. You have a lot of work to do. You need to focus more on your spiritual work. Why are you not doing that full time? This is your destiny. And, you know, I'm thinking that's my imagination. Like, I think, yeah, right. How am I going to pay the bills? Teaching music pays the bills, blah, blah, blah. So he kept telling me not to worry. But what was amazing, it wasn't just seeing him. It was the energy that I felt radiating from him, like this unbelievable energy and power and unconditional love that is really hard to put into words when you actually feel that energy. It's like seeing a, a newborn child or a young puppy dog. It's hard to put into words. Oh, I saw this really cute dog today. People just say, yeah, so what? But when you're there in their energy, it really touches your heart. So I never forgot that vision. And as I was recuperating, because I broke my left knee as well as having muscle damage everywhere from that piano incident, I was cleaning my dishes or trying to in the kitchen on one leg. And then I had this vision of goddess Lakshmi floating right there so I could clearly see it in my kitchen, in the air. And I'm looking at it and going, oh my gosh, what the heck am I looking at now? Because when these things come to you, well, they always comes when you least expect it, you don't yeah. expect it. And when you see them, it's not just you can see them objectively with your physical eyes, it's the energy that comes through them, from them. And I it's thought incredible. the same thing. Yeah. I got another message saying, you're wasting your time with your music. You must move on. Stop being stubborn. And it's like this vision was telling me off for being stubborn. I'm thinking stubborn. I'm trying to get over this piano incident. <laughs> wow. Amazing. I had a reading with a woman uh, who's very well-known, uh, Sonia Choquette, in 2008 on the phone. I had my 30-minute reading. For 30 minutes, she was telling me off, why am I not doing this work full-time? Do you realize I gifted you? And in my head, I'm thinking, this woman's mad. I need to be financially responsible. I can't pack in my teaching job. So anyway, she invited me to a so-called boot camp in Chicago. So I did her three levels of training. And in level two, as she's standing on that podium with the microphone talking to about 100 people in the hotel room, I was just transfixed staring at her going, it's weird, I see a man behind her. So when it was lunchtime, I approached her and said, I hope you don't think I'm crazy, but the whole time you're speaking, I'm seeing this image of a man. She says, okay, how is he dressed? I told her. And then she starts crying saying, oh my gosh, you just brought my dad. He passed a week ago. I didn't want to say anything because you know what it's like. You teach a room full of psychics. They're all going to come up if you say my dad passed away and say, oh, I got your dad. She says, I wanted to see 
if anybody really did see him without me saying a thing. And then she said, you've made my day. She gave me a big hug. And it was so vivid and real like as well, just like those visions. And when I saw him, you know, you see the spirit, you see him standing there, you're getting information or I was getting information. So I just gave everything I got and she could take it all. And I thought, wow, if I could do mediumship like that all the time, it would be so much easier. <laughs> isn't it? Isn't it interesting? I think, you know, when we're with other mediums, we... I don't know whether we raise our energy, you know, I, I mean, the same things happened to me when um, I was on um, Lisa Williams, when she came back to the UK and did a, and she was doing like this little, this little reading or deming or something. We were studying with her or something. And David's son was just standing right next to her. And he was looking at me and he had a hula hoop you know, like a big, is that what they're called? The big hula hoops that the, you know, you kind of do this thing to try and keep it, keep it up. And, um, and he was doing this, he was hula hooping next to her. And I was like, what on earth? Why is he doing that? And then within like 10 seconds, she started pretending she had a hula hoop around her waist. And I'm like, that's just really, that was really a very strange kind of thing. But he knew what she was about to do. And it was kind of all like, it was just, again, it's just all the time just giving you a bit of confirmation and like trying to um, get you to notice and to be aware and, and to follow that feeling, you know. Um, wow, that's amazing that she, you gave her a reading on your reading. It's like, yeah, it's hysterical. It's just, it's amazing work though, isn't it? It's just so, um, it, it's, it doesn't feel like work, you know? I don't know about you, but, you know, you do, you do similar things to me as well, like the sound therapy and the healing and the life coaching and, you know, it's do you, do you use everything together and do does you know the spirit world come through at the same time well in the early days when i was doing life coaching sound healing reiki teaching psychic mediumship i thought i had to keep everything separate but what was happening i started finding everything started melting blending together and i thought god this is not right i gotta try and keep it separate but obviously maybe the spirit world wanted me to work that way so you're right whether I do life coaching, sound healing, Reiki, teaching psychic mediumship, it just, information just come out when you least expect it. And as you say, because you're not really trying and you're working with energy, you're starting, your awareness is starting to change. So you're in a better position to bring in what's called impressions from the high yeah, realms, basically. Yeah. And I think, you know, the way, again, like going back to, we were talking about how times are changing. Um, it's becoming a more of a freer society and i think you know um it's it's not so structured anymore um you know i think when people come for one-to-one -one help you know they're everyone's so different and they all need um different things i mean you know people can come to me for a one-to-one -one and I have no idea what they want, you know, and we end up in a, in a past life regression, um, tapping or doing matrix re-imprinting and, and I'm giving them light language. But it's like, you know, you, you have, you have no idea, but it's like, you know, what's going to work with that person. Um, and, you know, I know that you, you know, you work with many different, um, modalities, don't you? 
Um, you use tuning forks. Yeah, I, I studied with the College of Sound Healing in the UK. And so I became what's called an accredited sound healer. And then I did what's called extra modules to become, well, they call it gong master, but I don't like the word master, but that's what they, they call you. So I learned to specialize with gongs, Himalayan bowls, crystal bowls, using the voice, uh, and then tuning forks. And then I thought when the pandemic came, there's no way to work anymore. Like with these big, you know, gongs, they all take space. They're really loud. So I started focusing more on working with the tuning forks. And then I did extra, uh, I don't know what you call it, modules with specialized teachers who only specialize in work with tuning forks. And now I only use that because they're mobile. I work in like hairdressers or in, and you know, where they get pedicure manicure, because a lot of those places have what's called a healing couch. So, and I work in their back room and I just bring my tuning forks and I can do my work there now without disturbing anyone. And tuning forks, as you know, is very powerful because everything's vibration frequency. So I never, as you know, we're not allowed to claim, for example, I had a Japanese woman, she had breast cancer and she came to me in desperation. I said, I'm sorry, I can't guarantee I can cure you, but I said, I can give you some healing and see if you notice a change. After two sessions, she went back to the doctor for the x-ray and she didn't need the operation. The tumor had shrunk so much. The doctor said, well, we don't know what you've done, but you don't need this operation anymore. She came to me, gave me a box of chocolate, crying her eyes out saying, oh, I don't know what you've done. You're a wizard, you're a magician. And I'm thinking, no, I'm not. <laughs> so I think it's, 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 it's amazing, isn't it? I mean, sound is, is so powerful, you know, so powerful. And, um, you know, I was, I was really drawn to, um, the crystal bowls and I, 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 totally get why you use the forks i mean it's quite a process um carrying them around um but you know the the experience that people have are just well and that i've had obviously because that's why i've got them i mean i've experienced it myself it's it takes you to other places and you know um raises your vibration so much that you're able to release so much from the body and um and to um and to really you know attract other things into your life because you know your vibration raises you know so much so um so yeah i mean i just i just love i love what you do um and i um i followed you on i think it was it must have been facebook when you were doing your um retreat recently in bali tell us about that yeah that was interesting. Um, a couple of clients that I've been working with over the years uh, remembered me. And um, for example, the organizer, a husband, had never seen a medium before. And I brought his father in. And um, because he'd never seen a medium before, he wasn't like a typical recipient who's very open. Oh, yeah, that's right. Enthusiastic, very, you know, not shut down, but closed, I guess, right? And um, I wasn't really sure if I was making a good connection with him. Later on, his wife, sent me a message, oh my God, he was so impressed with you, he brought his father in, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, so she remembered me, so she invited me saying, would you like to come with me and this other practitioner to do a retreat in Bali? And at first, I think I said no, because I'm Bali, that's miles away. What do I want to go to Bali for, right? You know how when we're, we're, when we're invited to do something that we've never done, we have to leave our comfort zone. Nobody goes, yeah, Bali, sure, no problem. Well, not me anyway. So Anyway, I thought about it. I thought, oh, well, maybe again, like Deming for the first time, maybe I have to learn to overcome this fear, go to a country. And then I did research on Bali, you know, because you hear all these horror stories, getting the Bali belly, et cetera, et cetera. So, of course, that put me off as well. Luckily, I didn't get anything <laughs> there. But 
anyway, so I went there and went and, and I gave a workshop on sound healing. Now, because sound healing, as you know, many people don't know what it is. And because I was in Bali, I couldn't bring anything with me. I did bring my tuning forks and I did end up giving everyone what's called one-to-one healing, which they were blown away with. But using the voice, nobody was used to using the voice for healing. So they all thought, well, some of them anyway, what a waste of time this is because I had them standing in circle and doing all these voice exercises. And the ones who were very skeptical came up to me at the end of the sound healing workshop. They were transformed. They were saying these amazing stories, how they felt healed, cleansed, blah, blah, blah. And I thought, ooh. And the ones that were very resistant, it was interesting. After two or three days, they became like loving little puppy dogs. They were so kind <laughs> as opposed to that macho energy, you know, like shut it down. Yeah. And then I gave workshops on LOA, Law of Attraction, and also on psychic development as well. And um, on the last day, they were supposed to be going sightseeing, but they wanted more training. So I just did what's called complimentary workshops on the Saturday, on the last day there, because I'd rather be working and teaching than going sightseeing anyway, because Bali, you know, you're up in the mountains and the roads are not like, you know, windy roads. You can get car sick easily. It's so hot and humid there nonstop. So I thought, well, it's good for me. I'd rather stay here and then just work and teach, you know. So even though it was complimentary because I love what I do as you love what you do, um, you know, I'd rather do that because that's my passion as well. And yeah, yeah, I really enjoyed it. So overall, the Bali uh, retreat was a big hit. And now um, the organizer is looking and conducting another one next year. So I guess I'll be posting that up on my social media once I get the dates confirmed as well. Fantastic. Wonderful. Wow. Well, maybe you can um, you can share share with us, you know, your um, well, all of your social media and your um, your website and um, anything else that you have coming up. I mean, have you got anything else that you want to um, to share with us at all or, you know, any any? Um, this year, I, I created my first online psychic mediumship development course, which is available on my website, LarryMedium.com. So it's LarryMedium.com. And, you know, it's not so much everything I've learned from teachers and books. It's more my personal experience on learning how to work with one-to-ones, uh, deming in public, churches, creating live events. How do you deal with no's? What do you do to protect yourself? Energy management. Things like most tutors don't really discuss because you know, every time I've studied with the teachers, more like, well, let's get into pairs now. And it's all like, oh, yeah, this is fun. But in the real world, I find a lot of people are not like what you get in like like minded people. They might be shut down or tough or say no all the time. For example, I was doing an online demonstration. And that's another thing I talk about because of COVID. I didn't know if I could dem online. I'd never heard of Zoom. I thought they were joking when they say, oh, the churches started contacting me saying, we're going to start conducting our services on Zoom. I'm thinking, Zoom, are they pulling my leg? What the heck, Zoom? <laughs> so I downloaded Zoom and, and I thought, I was honest with them. I said, you know, I've never done any demonstration online. I don't even know if I can do it. They said, yeah. well, just try. Yeah. And then I did and it worked. I thought, wow, how did I do that? I can't believe yeah. it worked. I know, I know. You just think, I, I was the same. Now mm. I do all my work online, or most of it. <laughs> I know that's the other thing. Most of my work's done online, except for my sound healing, because I still like or work in the spiritual churches. Mm -hmm. Now I find I'm working what's called hybrid, meaning a lot of my work is online, like my teaching psychic mediumship, life coaching, giving readings. But I do like to still mix with real people because I think you can't just isolate yourself and do everything online. With social beings, we need the interaction of humans as well. So now I'm just learning to blend doing things 
outside, as it were, and, and things on the inside, trying to balance the two different ways of working. Amazing. And uh, but um, I forgot your question. What was your question again? Yeah. Well, and and um, have you anything else to share? Because you've also got you're in the process of writing a book. Is that right? Yeah, I've just finished uh, my new music book called So You Want to Play Guitar. And it starts off by uh, guitar and it's for beginners, intermediates, and professionals, because throughout the book, I also teach about things like how to learn uh, what's called the keys of music or scales or how to improvise, how to use the right brain, left brain to learn music. I'm all a great believer. Intuitive. Yeah. Yeah. Beat yeah. learner. And again, it's everything I've like intuited when I used to teach at university and privately, which I still do a little bit. And I would make notes. I think, oh, that's a good way to explain this. So, and when I was teaching, I was testing these principles at university. All my students, this is why the book came about. Oh, you should write about this. Oh, this is great. Why don't you have a book? It would make our life so much easier. So that's how the book came about. And um, I just finished it last week. So it's going to be self-published for now. So again, I believe that will be available on my website, LarryMedium.com. And um, and now I'm going to be finishing what's called uh, my spiritual books. One of them is called My Magical Days. It's a, it's a glimpse into my life, 30 days into a month. on how do I integrate these energetic or spiritual principles in everyday life? Because as you know, spiritual principles is not just to be a psychic or a medium or a healer. It's meant to be integrated in everyday life. Like exercise, we don't exercise to become involved in the olympics we exercise for overall <laughs> being as well you know maintain good health as we get older we need to maintain stamina flexibility stretching out the vertebrae column etc etc well or, maybe i need to buy that <laughs> <laughs> or as, you, as you, yeah, your keto diet the importance of diet maybe as you get older your constitution is changing maybe you can no longer handle the food groups you used to be able to and i know from your expertise and experience with you and david that you're like specialized people. You're able to understand this and guide and help people with like, well, let's look at your diet and see if you could notice any changes, whether it's health issues or energy, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. Amazing. What a wonderful life. So much to explore, so much to do. So little time. <laughs> well, look, Larry, it's been amazing to, um, to have you on here as a guest and, um, and sharing all your, your wonderful stories. Um, so, so thank you so much for coming on and sharing your time with us. And um, yeah, if you want to check out Larry, then you'll see all of his details in the show notes. And please do, you know, get in touch with him um, if you want a reading or um, to take a look at his one of his courses or to go see him in Bali next year. Might even do that myself. Mm. Well, thank you so much, Larry, and um, have a wonderful remainder of your day. Thank Bye you so now. much pleasure and we'll see everyone next time take care bye-bye thank you bye-bye if you've got this far then thank you for listening we really do hope you've enjoyed this week's episode and if it's resonated please do share it with your friends or on social media and we'd be super grateful if you leave us a review or just simply subscribe thanks again and have a fabulous week we really look forward to speaking to you next time.